Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hello, and welcome to Wheel of Death. Every week on Wheel of Death, we... No, Sophie's... I liked it. I mean, we can do it. Go for it. Okay, Wheel of Death. Uh, I'm your host, Margaret Kildroy, and each week I tell you about cool people in history... Oh, I have to, like, continue the Wheel of Death thing. I can't just cut back to the... This week on Um, Wheel of Death, we talked to you about a cool thing that is a wheel that that leads to death, which is also cool. We're Um, all strapped to... It's the cycle of... We didn't really do it, but we somehow did it. Yay! Okay, I'm your host, (laughs) Margaret Kiltroy, on Cool People Did Cool Stuff. And every week I tell you about cool people in history, like rebels and queers and rebel queers. And, you know, people who dress up like animals and throw bricks at rich people's houses, sometimes vaguely Mm -hmm. in the name of God. With me today is my guest, Garrison Davis. Garrison, how are you? Hi, I was excited. I was I was really on the edge of my seat with the whole wheel of death bit. I was like, oh wow, there's so many Sorry. places that, that this could go. Yeah. It didn't it wasn't considered well ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You there's know, like a the, metaphor in there. But. The real wheel of death is just living in a collapsing capitalist dystopia. That's right. And Garrison, who are you besides someone who lives in a collapsing wheel of death? Um, I write podcasts a lot of the time for a show called it could happen here um i also occasionally do investigative journalism and spend a lot of my time looking at upsetting things and most importantly have really really cute cats yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i do i do yeah okay well the other voice that you've heard is sophie our producer hi sophie are you excited for the break yeah, this is the last uh, the last week of episodes for the year. Um, cool people do cool stuff, and Cool Zone Media are taking time off for a little bit to. I was gonna say take a break, but I really feel like none no, of us are. Kidding. No, I was like, we're not, like, not going like, to happen. I want to believe it. We're not I, like, catch up on work. Every, we're not every taking year, a break. every year, Robert and I are like, we're gonna take time off, <laughs> and then it's like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. 
but no, hopefully it's... I get to pet some some cool dogs and some cool cats and some cool goats, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Yay! Our audio engineer is Ian. Our music was made by the incomparable musician Unwoman. Thank you, Ian, for editing our stuff all year. You're, you're yeah. the greatest. We are very appreciative, Ian. Hi, Ian. So, Garrison, this week we're going to talk about something dear to my heart. Near to my heart? Whatever, it's both. We're going to talk about, have you ever heard of this holiday, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So, I grew up very putting Christ in Christmas pilled. Yeah, you're the I, I never, perfect guest for this shit. I never really got to experience any like secular Christmas. Like I, I never mm-hmm. once believed in Santa at all because that was yeah. Because if you rearrange Santa, it's Satan. Like it's it's never yeah. That's I was very like you know we have to read all these chapters of the Bible and we'll exchange gifts and stuff. But it was it was you know we'll we'll go to like the the uh, Christmas themed like nativity show and you know it's it's all 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 that kind of thing. Did they ever in this in this uh, upbringing that you had around Christmas? Did they did they refer to it as like a traditional way of re- of handling Christmas? Ever? I'm just curious. I mean, they we traditional in the sense of like they would they would complain about how Christmas has been like commercialized by mm-hmm. like secular corporations and been turned into this thing about that's just about buying things. Now, not that they're actually against buying things because they're still all like right. capitalist Christians, but they'd be like, oh, they're they're trying to. Trying to dis- all of the malls and all of the all the big businesses are trying to distract from the true meaning of Christmas in the traditional sense of 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 being you know yeah. Jesus in the manger. Well, today we're going to talk about traditional Christmas, which is not at all what your family celebrated. It's uh, it's it's not it's Jesus completely in the manger. ahistorical. We are going to talk about the war on Christmas, and not the way that we usually hear about it. We're going to talk about the 1,700-year-long war on Christmas waged by people who hate fun, who have tried (laughs) to sanitize and strip away all the beauty and glory and gayness and rebellion out of one of the most riotous and wonderful times of the year, the fucking winter solstice. We're going to talk about feasting and wassailing and Saturnalia, Yule, Christmas, actual Bonafide Christmas, and we're going to talk some shit on Puritans. Going to put for the that? Saturn back in Saturnalia. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't really know enough about Saturnus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm going to start by covering a bunch of different fucking holidays because there are so many holidays that share this time period. And I'm not even talking about like other faiths. Kwanzaa or like or Yeah, like so, I'm, so, so I'm yeah. So I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff within the sort of Christian origin. So like Yuletide greetings and we're like kind yep. of in, in that. All right. All right. Yeah. And I want to start with the like weirdly most earnest one that I'm excited about. And St. Lucy's Day. You heard of St. Lucy's Day? I have a I, I just heard about St. Lucy's Day earlier this year, but I did not look into it. I just I just saw it was a thing. I was like, oh, that's not St. Nicholas. I wonder who that is. And then I continued on in my day. Yeah, yeah fair enough. That is, uh, I am new to St. Lucy's Day. So, okay, you know how any given group of people can be oppressors or oppressed pretty much just based on their relationship to power? Yeah, that is, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. So 
the Christians were oppressed for a while, like a long time ago, for about 2,000 years ago until the early 300s, you know, when they became a, whatever the opposite of oppressed is. I'm not quite are, sure. Are you saying they're still not the most persecuted religion on the planet? Because that's, that's what I was taught as well. Oh, interesting. No. Okay. I, I genuinely do not believe. <laughs> <laughs> so while they were actually being oppressed, they did all the stuff they should have done while being oppressed, which is fight against that oppression. And the early Catholics were like pretty notorious for mapping all their stuff, all their stuff on the pagan holidays, right? The story that usually gets told is that the, the crafty church was like, how do we steal stuff from the pagans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that part's sort of true. But the other thing that was happening is Catholicism in particular is, is famous for its syncreticism. Yeah. Or syncretism, or you'd think I would have looked up how to pronounce the most important word in what I'm talking about today. The Catholic Church shows up somewhere and is like, you're all Catholic now. And people are like, all right, what does that mean? And the church is like, we'll tell you in Latin. And people are like, <laughs> I, I don't speak Latin. And the church says, non mihi curi est, which is my, my Latin joke. Uh, it means that's not my problem. Very funny. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't speak Latin either. I uh, yeah, yeah, me neither. Yep. So, you know, it's the, it's the fucking forever go times. People don't have radio yet, so the Pope and the Church and even the Roman Empire have a little bit of a problem with power projection in that they can conquer places, but communication is so slow that places continue to have a decent bit of autonomy. Um, this is an oversimplification, but you get syncreti syncreticism based, based on this. Uh, shit that's halfway Catholic and halfway whatever else people already had going on. So people kept celebrating their holidays, and the church was left with little choice but to accept those holidays and kind of do the best it could to rebrand them. But in many ways, and that's the sort of central argument I'm going to make today, is that people just kept doing the things that they were doing for thousands of years and just being like, oh, okay, it's Christian now. Yeah, now they got told that there's like some Jesus-y rapping over top of something that... that yeah. all of that, yeah. Yeah, and as long as they can still cross-dress and, like, bring trees inside and demand shit from rich people, what do they care? And, you know, the most famous, like, the examples of this we can see is, like, Easter is really obviously a fertility spring, like, yes. spring thing that has nothing to do with Jesus. It's about eggs, for fuck's sake, and, like, bunnies. So Christmas happening around solstice is not a coincidence. But there's another not-a-coincidence Catholic winter solstice celebration and this one was like, in some places, and specifically in Scandinavia, it's even more explicitly not a coincidence that it's a solstice thing, because it's a celebration of light. And the reason Catholics ended up with more than one solstice holiday is because of the calendar fuck up. So like one of them's December 13th, and one of them's December 25th, and it's because of weird Julian, Gregorian shit that's totally over my head. Got it. The Feast of St. Lucia, St. Lucy's Day especially popular in Scandinavia for some obvious reason, uh, like it's dark there. It happens on December 13th, and it's a celebration of light. And it's the story of a martyr, Lucia, but it's also the story of mutual aid done at a terrible risk, which is why I like it, and also not wanting to marry some asshole you don't like. I'm going to quote a zine by my friend Ren Arai, who's been on this podcast before. St. Lucy's official hagiography, or Catholic saint biography, is violent and sort of boring. In brief, she was a Christian living in the late 200s CE when Rome had a policy of rounding up and executing members of this, at that time, fringe religious movement. When she was forced to marry this high-up Roman government dude, 
Lucy tore out her own eyes to prevent the wedding. In the midst of all of this, Lucy's Christianity was discovered and she was executed in this horrible way I won't go into and became a martyr. But I find Lucy's death to be way less interesting than her life. As a well-off Greek Sicilian, Greeks ruled the island before Romans did, she had resources and used them to support fellow Christians in hiding in the catacombs beneath her hometown of Syracuse. Sneaking out of her house at night, she brought them food, and to keep her hands free to carry provisions, she lit the path through the catacombs by wearing a crown of candles on her head. Which is just an image I like because it's really fucking metal. Yeah. And to quote a little bit more from that zine, the zine is called On St. Lucy, the Solstice and Mutual Aid. The story doesn't begin with a martyr plucking out her own eyes or a saint sending a ship full of grain to a starving city, which is a later part of the whole thing that I'm not going to go into. It starts with a simpler miracle. A young girl walking through catacombs beneath an occupied city, her arms full of emmer loaves, cheap wine, garum, and oranges, the limestone path lit by candles bound to her head. She moves slowly, careful not to drop her load or cry out when hot wax drips on her shoulders. Roman sentries guard Syracuse and are always listening. At the end of Maze of Tunnels is an alcove where heretics, worshippers of a tripart god, a sort of Orpheus, have made a home. They reach for her bundles, stuff bits of bread into their mouths, take swigs of wine, say, bless you, bless you, daughter. And a lot of the rest of her story, basically all of her story, it's buried under so much fucking I, I am a Catholic saint thing that it's impossible to tell what actually happened, right? Sure. There's like versions where she lost her eyes that got added a, million, a thousand years later. The earlier ones don't talk about her losing her eyes. Ren makes the argument that maybe the whole thing about a suitor and all that stuff is beside the point and it was actually just the mutual age shit that matters. So that's that's the setting the scene. That's going to be the one of the solstice days. I mean, I, I have got. so much more mm-hmm. sympathy for this era of Christianity, as, 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 especially the people who are kind of more uh, on the Gnostic side of it at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, before, the, before the Catholics like teamed up with the state. Yep, because like all of this type of stuff that you're talking about sounds way more cool and metal, and it's like it's been it's people trying to like it's 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 doing way more interesting like mysticism that's divorced from a lot of the like um, dogmatic practices that were that were common at the time. It's people trying to sort through, trying to trying to build stories about about like spiritual development in a world that is currently under threat of empire and that that's why they're trying to find new ways to build other forms of spirituality and yeah. it's it's so much it's so much cooler and then as as is often the case the 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 people then once they gained power became the oppressors themselves yep yep no that this is the the fact that you come from a conservative Christian background and then also are really into Gnosticism and shit was like why I really wanted you to be on this episode. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so there's another holiday that the Christians celebrate around the same time of year. It's that one that, again, you've you've heard of, many people are familiar with. It's called Christmas. And the canonical story of Christmas goes something like this. There was this couple, Mary and Joseph. They weren't fucking for whatever reason. Maybe Joseph was gay and was keeping Mary around to be his beard. I think supposedly God was like, hey, don't fuck your wife until she has a son. I don't think too hard about this. Anyway, one night, an angel shows up, visits Mary. He's probably a series of spinning concentric rings or something. like One biblical. can help. Yeah. And he's like, this is totally chill. 
don't don't freak out. Let's let's do it. And Mary's like, yeah, let's do it. And then she I mean, gets pregnant. I I would if if a series of concentric eyeball rings showed up at my bedroom at three a.m. Um, I I know what I would do immediately. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like there has to be at least seventeen eyes, or I'm not interested. Yeah, I mean, and thankfully there is there is eyes eyes within eyes. So yeah. I think I, I think the bases are are going to be covered. Yeah, I I think much like Mary, we were good. That's enough, right? And um. <laughs> She gets pregnant. Uh, Joseph is like, sweet, this is totally cool with me. And then at the end of December, in the manger, they give birth to a kid who is pretty much guaranteed to be a trans man since um, the kid's name is Jesus Christ. Uh, But he has no dad, so therefore he has no Y chromosome. (laughs) So he's XX. (laughs) To say nothing, of course, about Eve, who was cloned from Adam and is therefore XY. So, So true. Yeah. This is what's really important. You know, there's also mm-hmm. so like there is this version of the story that that where else that is often taught in church, but some people in church would also teach a slightly different version of the story. Okay, in which we don't actually know when Jesus was born. Oh yeah, but the 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 date of December twenty fifth comes comes from uh the comes from the magicians coming to visit Jesus and they they mapped out where he would be based on like star charts and 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 that and that led them to figure out where he would be on December 25th so ah. so like years later when the magicians came with gifts they mm-hmm. came on December 25th which is then why we give gifts on Christmas that that is the other story that they were right. that, that was told which is weird because it's not only including like astrology it's also including like actual magicians which uh, yeah. most 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 of modern christianity doesn't really like to talk about yeah, the fact that three sorcerers are like an important part of the Jesus story is really interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, it's so weird. And in the like more medieval Christmas that we're going to be talking about, the the Magi show up 12 days later as the 12 days yes. of Christmas and it's called Epiphany. It's January 6th. And then there's like, I read like five different versions of how they came up with December 25th. I didn't hear that one. That one's really interesting. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible when Jesus No, was this born. is, this is, Pure, pure speculation. Yeah. Okay, so our guy Jesus, he grows up to be really important. He gets murdered by the state, like actually a lot of our heroes. I'm not really trying to paint him as a cool people. To, what, whatever. He's fucking complicated. I'm not opening that. I've opened a lot of cans of worms right now, but I'm not opening that one. <laughs> people celebrate his birthday by buying Playstations or whatever and then getting really mad about living in a multicultural society where not everyone believes in Santa Claus. Um, who is totally not a were-goat from Finland, but we'll talk about that later. Based. So, that's the story of Christmas. It's boring. Let's tell a better one. Christianity's whole claim to fame is that it's not paganism. Like, they pretty much define (laughs) paganism as, like, not us, right? That is, like, what it means to be pagan in a lot of ways. But Christianity, especially Catholicism, is so fucking pagan. It's extremely pagan. And that's kind of the main thing it has going for it, from my point of view as a, you know, folk Catholic or lapsed Catholic, whatever the fuck I am. There's blood sacrifice, there's blood drinking, there's cannibalism, there's tons of gods with shrines that you can go around and pray to, like you're in Skyrim visiting Daedra. Tra- there's like tra- transmutation. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird stuff. Yeah, you can walk around with a crown of thorns, you can walk around with a crown of candles. You can weave branches into wreaths. You can decorate trees. You can cross-dress. You can carry a horse skull around. You can demand rich people give you shit. 
you can get drunk and accost the aforementioned rich people. Um, lots of stuff you can do. Christmas. Nowhere in the Bible does it mention Jesus' birthday. In the fourth century, the church was like, let's say it's winter solstice nine months after spring equinox, which was when he was uh, conceived. Because the angel and Mary got dirty during the fertility rites. Yeah, um, which is like, again, if, if, if you're looking at this from like a from like an anthropological standpoint or like a standpoint of like pagan folk rituals, you're like, yeah, that obviously makes sense. There's a yeah. reason why the story is told in this way. Yeah, no, totally. And let's have our God be born on the exact day that the sun begins to return to the world because we're so totally true. not pagans. And this isn't also the holy day of Sol Invictus, which was declared 25 years earlier uh, or 26 years earlier or something. Jesus totally isn't just another sun god. Nope. <laughs> sun, sun, sun god, son of God. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So December 25th had, pre- or rather this, I think it was specifically December 25th. I should have put this in my notes. I've spent so long reading a million different fucking holidays and got all confused. Uh, the holy day of Sol Invictus, which is the unconquered sun, which is the official religion of Rome before Christianity took over, but not by a long time. So... Sol Invictus is fucking weird. Um, and most of the people I know who are like, most of the people I read about who are into Sol Invictus are not like, if you meet someone who's like, man, you know what rules? Like, Imperial Rome. You're not meeting a good person. Yeah, red, red flag. <laughs> yeah. So, it would be too easy to say Christmas is just the continued celebration of Sol Invictus. It wouldn't really be true. There's a lot of arguments happening about how the worship of Sol in Rome, uh, which was sort of predate Sol Invictus or doesn't. There's like lots of fucking arguments you can get into. But specifically, Christmas revelers took more from other traditions. Specifically, medieval Christmas, which is my favorite Christmas, took a lot from Saturnalia. Yes. So let's talk about Saturnalia. Saturn was a god of time and abundance and agriculture and liberation and a bunch of other shit. Roman gods had very expansive portfolios. Which is very impressive. They do seem to collect a lot of like, I don't know, like magic cards. Like they have a really strong hand, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Rome was around for a long time. Uh, Rome is still around. But like ancient Rome as a sort of imperial force, around for a long time. And before there was the Feast of Sol Invictus, there was Saturnalia. It was a week-long festival centered on winter solstice. And... There's not like a specific pamphlet historians have found that's like in Latin and it's like how to celebrate Saturnalia. Instead, people have had to cobble together the best that people can understand. And so it's probably like conflating a lot of different times because this was celebrated for a very long time. But Saturnalia absolutely happened and we know some stuff about it. And it's fucking interesting. For a week, masters served their slaves and every, which is this role reversal thing that was going to come up again and again. Everyone wore bright, tacky clothes against the style at the time. Everyone got free speech for a hot minute, so everyone basically like told their bosses and their masters and shit what was up. People gambled, which wasn't normally allowed. They used coins and nuts for their gambling, and they gave everyone presents. The festivities were presided over by the Lord of Saturnalia, uh, which was decided by drawing lots. Everyone got together and drew a lot. If you won or lost, depending on how you looked at it and depending on how anthropologists are interpreting this particular thing, you become king for the week. You are the king of Saturnalia. You're not actually really in charge, although everyone has to do what you say, it's, but you're in charge of sowing chaos. You give commands, everyone has to follow. And yeah, it'd be like, 
I don't know, everyone stand on their head and run around and do whatever weird shit I come up with. Be a lot of pressure, actually, to be the the Lord of Saturnalia. You'd be like, yeah, I have to be the most hedonistic that anyone has ever been. The, 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 I have to plan to be the most chaotic thing, which is it's challenging. It's it's it is it can be challenging to plan to plan out chaos because chaos is often spontaneous. Yeah. Do you know what else is chaotic and disruptive of our narrative? Oh, uh, is it capitalism trying to convince you to buy things? It is um, in this very well fitting. <laughs> Here, learn about some shit you can buy while I complain about what happened to traditional Christmas, which is supposed to be about chaos, not Christ and not pre- well presence. Yes, actually, maybe it is a return to traditional Christmas. Who's to know? Return with a V. Yeah, here's some ads. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. And I don't get the reference. Return with a V. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing a... Just... A, a small yeah, eco-fascism joke. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Gary, you're doing some light fascism right there. Oh. <laughs> Just a sprinkle. <laughs> like the Roman, like when you like carve it into stone and like yes. so you use a V instead of a U. See, Margaret, you yes. got it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of contemporary politics and how they refer to ancient things. That's literally my job. Contemporary politics <laughs> is ancient things. <laughs> That's true, too. So there's also human sacrifice, which is fairly chaotic. I will say, because like chaos is not inherently good or bad, right? No, chaos chaos is beyond good and evil. What a fantastic yeah. like lead in. So <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So the exact type of human sacrifice is subject to debate. Uh dead gladiators were definitely offered up to the god Saturn. And I feel like that's like halfway cheating in terms of human sacrifice because the guy's dead already right but yeah also at the same time he died because you had a he bunch died of gladiator being, games being a gladiator yeah 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 which uh, the whole gladiator thing whatever i'm not going to do a total tangent on it. it's way different and more interesting than you think it's not just two people go into a death pit and one person leaves it's not beyond thunderdome gladiators actually like often survived and lived fairly long lives and people didn't die every time because it was this fucking sporting event that happened for hundreds of years. Yeah, people it's, did it's, more like, it's, it's more like how people play football and get horrible concussions to and, and shorten their lifespan. Yeah, it's like halfway between MMA fights slash professional football and what we conceive of as gladiator fights, I feel like is the actual gladiator fights. Got it. But people did die and probably more during Saturnalia for some because they needed some dead people to get offered up to the god. Later, the Romans were like, what if we use candles as representatives of human life and we sacrifice these candles by lighting tapers? So it's possible that the tapers part of Christmas, where everyone has taper candles, it's possible that that traces back to sacrificing humans. Really, really makes you look at those candles differently, huh? Yeah. It's also possible that the Lord of Saturnalia, after being king for a week, was sacrificed to Saturn, which is like way more metal and folk horror of a story. Yeah. What a weird few weeks that would be. Wow. I know. I know. You're that like, was... you just like go out with a bang, you know? I guess so. You just, you, you don't care what happens because it doesn't matter for you. <laughs> yeah. I, that would increase the chaos. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. And uh, and I this is not my favorite part because I don't think you should slit fake kings' throats. Um, that's what real kings are for. Yeah. Shortly after Saturnalia was the first day of the new year, Kalends. And Kalends is actually the first day of any month in this whole thing. You get a, a holiday first day of every month. 
But Colenz, the first day of January, New Year's Day, was like a real big one. And Colenz, there were gifts. In the northern regions of the empire, there was cross-dressing, just like a fuck ton of cross-dressing. It gets called ritual transvestism. Unfathomably based. Yeah. Wow. And this continues for thousands of years, I will just say. Some would say people are still doing it now. I know. If you want to celebrate traditional Christmas, go to a drag show. That is more traditional of for Christmas. I, I, that is what my plans are. All right, great. And also dressing up like animals. Just part of it all. Part of Kalen's. This goes in great because I'm going to a drag show dressed up as Catwoman. Because I'm going to a Batman Returns themed drag show, which is, as we know, the best Christmas movie. So I will be both, both, both cross-dressing and wearing an animal costume. True Kalen's spirit right there. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is really a Kalen's icon. <laughs> I absolutely. Do you know and who, this do is, you know who that is, Margaret? Yes, as an actress who is in movies that were around when I was younger. So true. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm I couldn't pick her out of a lineup <laughs> or tell you what movies she's in besides apparently she's Catwoman. Hilarious. And in my defense, I am both name blind and face blind. Oh, I know. I pretty much keep track of everyone based on their haircut. And if they can change their haircut, they're different people. Yeah. So sometimes when I write my scripts, I forget to put in names because I'm like, no one will remember a name. It's meaningless. <laughs> it's a meaningless signifier. Why would you include it's, names? It's just random mouth flaps. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. This is the closest I can find to a true origin of Christmas, the Saturnalia. There's other stuff, and we're going to get to it. We're going to get to Yule in a second. But celebrating the darkest time of the year with chaos, revelry, and role reversal. So let's talk about more of that. Let's talk about Yule. So Christmas borrows a lot from Saturnalia, but Christmas gets called Yule sometimes, right? And that's the stuff of Germanic paganism. We don't know a ton about Yule as it was actually celebrated because... A lot of Germanic pagan information was filtered through Christian observers, uh, which is really interesting for this is my main one of my main arguments I used against like the Nazi Germanic pagan types is that I'm like, oh, you like specifically think all of these specific things that are very similar to Christianity. That's totally not because a Christian monk told you that a single man was the most important fucking anyway, whatever. What is important is that. We go into ads again, again, <laughs> just it's really important that we get two ad breaks in this episode. That's what's important in life. So here's here's some of them. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. Yule was a 12-day celebration. Uh, the name Yule literally means Odin. Um, oh, I, I, did, I, did, I did not put that together. Yeah, one of Odin's many names is J-O-L with some marks over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pronounced basically Yule from Old Norse. And Yule is a big old feast. There's ale, there's sacrifice, uh, including probably human sacrifice at various points. Um, there's a lot of stories about prisoners of war from Rome being human sacrifice. People can get into fun arguments about this stuff. Um, I'm like more worried about uh, offending the Norweboos than the Christians in terms of like people who are going to get up in my mentions about this shit. But and when they would do these sacrifices, um, called blot, I think, was the Germanic pagan style of sacrifice, you intentionally cut the throat so that arterial blood goes all over everyone in the audience. And so then they would sit down a feast. And this, I know more about them sacrificing animals, but then they, like, sacrifice the animal and then they eat the animal, which doesn't seem like a sacrifice. Yeah, that's, that, that's, like, that's like preparing it for slaughter to, like, eat. Yeah. And be like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like you're giving up much if I'm like, I've, I'm prepared to sacrifice a lot by continuing to have what I have. 
But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have it in your name, dear All Father. But you know, whatever. I'm who am I to tell them that they're doing their sacrifice wrong? They sit down and eat feasts covered in blood. And if I had anything to say to them, they would murder me. So, and they would feast. The burning of the Yule log comes from this tradition. And the Yule tree, the Christmas tree, you'll be shocked to know, comes from Yule. Uh, really? It's, it's, it's not a representative of the tree of life, like what I learned. Oh, yeah. No, it is not. I mean, it could be many things. Uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's about like basically like if you're cold, they're cold, bring them in about like tree spirits. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Good. <laughs> Um, that's actually that's actually pretty rad. Yeah, because I actually assumed that the bringing the tree inside was like a when it became a Christmas tree, because it seems like a very modern, destructive consumerist thing to like cut down a living tree and put it in your house and watch it slowly rot. But they bringing the tree inside to decorate was was often part of it. And they would also like decorate their houses with like branches and wreaths and shit. And they would decorate trees with images and icons of everything that they wanted to bring in with the new year. So it wasn't even just specifically like, oh, we want the tree to look pretty, but like like it in my house we, you know, decorate the tree with all of these different Christmas ornaments that are very like specific and particular and they all have memories associated with them. That is very fucking traditional Yule Christmas. And also decorating the tree with nuts is probably a fertility thing. Everything was a fertility thing. It obsessed with sex. What's wrong with these people? One problem with researching anything pagan is that there's a ton of fake history around. and Or not even like fake history, but like incorrect information or like best guesses that get presented as fact. And I mean, I'm literally doing my best guesses as presented both as fact, but I'm trying to be aware of that. There's this persistent rumor, and I'm wondering if you've heard this rumor, that the decorating of trees in pagan times was like entrails of sacrifice. No, I've not heard that, but I mean, I, I, could, I could see how you'd be like Christmas garland. It's like hanging intestines around the tree. Yeah. I can't find any information besides like lots of people talking about that rumor. No one's like, this is a true thing. Well, there are some things, but they're on like really, they're like on websites that might as well be GeoCities with like animated GIFs of candles or whatever, you know. It's completely possible. I don't fucking know. But candles and nuts and fruits and icons and shit on the tree, absolutely. And like Colens in Rome, Yule came with men dressing like women, women dressing like men, and all everyone dressing up like animals. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as you have a moment where you like drop social norms, everyone's like, fuck yeah, time to cross-dress. And that rules. The dressing like animals was like probably a little bit less like modern furry culture and a little bit more like I'm a spooky ghost, here's a skull of an animal or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of more 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 in line with some of our current Halloween stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a lot of weird overlap. We're going to get to a sailing later. There's a lot of overlap between Halloween and Christmas and all of these like chaos traditions. They basically like kind of split out the chaos parts of Christmas and gave it to Halloween. Also, both Colens and Yule had leaving food out for the deities. Uh, I mean, Santa Claus, whatever. <laughs> the, the Angles, like of the Anglo-Saxons, called the main night of Yule Mother's Night. Only they called it in English instead of English. And the food was left out for the hungry mother spirits because they just wanted to be metal as fuck, right? And 
I'm really into this, especially since I'm pretty sure it was my mom who left ate the cookies we left out for Santa. The hungry mother. Mistletoe may or may not have come from Yule specifically. It wasn't a Christmas thing until the 18th century. The, the mistletoe got like added either back in or added in for the first time. But mistletoe is pagan as fuck. The white berries are the semen of the gods. Alrighty then. Um, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who was like everyone who was like doing something else while listening to this episode is like, er? <laughs> All everyone do is perked up. Yeah. Which is interesting because they're poisonous as fuck. You know? You know? So, no, nope, not gonna make too easy, too easy, too easy of jokes to make. Not doing it. Okay, well, I was going to say it's a note to self about don't go down on gods. Oh. Uh, see, I can't. I can't. I cannot uh. support that, though. Oh, sorry. You're willing, to, you're willing to risk the, yeah. the poison? Abs- yeah. No, I've, <laughs> here's like, I've, here's like, as a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing after this. No. This <laughs> <laughs> is like a of- series of concentric <laughs> eye rings shows up in the background on the Gare's screen. <laughs> mistletoe garlands everywhere amazing (laughs) um but yeah and this is like how so it's this incredibly potent fertility symbol the mistletoe because it's like the semen tree or whatever um and so this is how powerful syncretism is because it's at the fucking 18th century and people are still adding new fertility rites into christmas shit this wasn't even one that like held on the whole time. This was like in the 18th century, people were like, you want to you bring that witch shit back into this? And everyone's like, yeah, I do. Like, let's make out <laughs> under the fucking, under God's semen. Um, um, another thing that comes from Yule. So Odin is one of the central figures of Yule because it's literally named after him. Yeah. And Yule is famed for the wild hunt. And the Wild Hunt is found in a ton of cultures. I really like the Wild Hunt, especially the Canadian 2009 film called The Wild Hunt. Oh, oh shit! I've, I've, not, I've, I've not watched that. It's a my it's a LARP Canadian gone background. wrong movie. Oh, I feel like you. We have talked. We have talked about this before. Yeah, I've tried to make we, everyone we, watch it. We almost watched this, and instead we watched uh, Night Riders. Night Riders, yeah. which was. Not a bad choice. No, start, Knight Riders let's not is start better. The Knight Riders thing again. Robert will hear us and then bring it up in every conversation for at least two months. We don't. Need okay, this. we don't need this. Well, the movie The Wild Hunt. A lot of my LARPer friends don't like it because they don't like any LARP gone wrong movie. But um, I enjoyed it. Anyway, The Wild Hunt is this thing that's found through a ton of cultures. It's this like ghostly hunt through the heavens. Sometimes it's led by Odin. Sometimes it's led, um, like, hunters are the ghosts of the dead. It's in, like, it's not always led by Odin, right? Because it's in a ton of fucking cultures. And there's just, like, pale riders and just, like, all this shit is, like, really fucking common. It's this thing that people fucking see. And they either see it in the woods on the ground or they see it in the fucking sky in the heavens. And then they, like, attribute all this folklore to it. And um, I'm really interested in it because I've, Spend a lot of time living alone in the woods, and sometimes at night you hear the wildest shit. And I'm yeah. just like, like I have a night where I was like convinced I heard the wild hunt. I might have been sleep paralyzed. A lot of my understanding of mythology comes from the fact that I suffer from sleep paralysis. I mean, yeah, because that's <laughs> that's that that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. 
Anyway, sometimes the wild hunt abducts people. Sometimes it's an omen being like, you see the wild hunt, you're going to die. I didn't die, uh, to my knowledge. And there's versions of it all over the place. And it's Santa. <laughs> Santa riding around in the sky. Is the fucking wild hunt. I mean that that's that's super interesting because like a lot like this 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 idea of like the wild hunt, right? Some mm-hmm. of that in a folklore sense has the modern version of that would be like alien abductions. Oh yeah, uh huh. Right, like and that's kind of like the that's kind of like the high strangeness idea. Yeah, of like there's been these types of stories and the that that are that are either like referencing some type of hallucination or some type of like dream state that we enter to sometimes. And it always filters through whatever stage our culture is in. So sometimes it's stuff like this in the wild hunt. Sometimes it's more like sci-fi with the, with like the little gray aliens. Sometimes it's, you know, a a weird sleep paralysis demon coming into your room and transporting you to, to another place. Yeah. There's like all these, all these like slightly different versions of it. No, that's, I like that. I really like that um, alien abduction is the new Santa. I mean, the new wild hunt. (laughs) And then Santa himself is a mix match of a ton of different shit. A bunch of different European cultures will sort of claim Santa. Um, But for my money, Santa Claus is a mix of old Saint Nick and this Finnish creature, Julapuki, the Christmas goat, Mm -hmm. who is a pre-Christian figure and he's basically a were-goat. Sophie, you've heard of you've heard yeah, of this creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not. Oh, Garrett, you'll like this. Yeah. I've been like I, I've been like Krampus pilled for a long time, but So yeah, he's this like man who turns into part goat, part man sometimes. So he's a fucking were-goat. And he wears red robes like lined with white fur and rides around in a sleigh pulled by reindeer and scares kids. Oh, really? Huh. Huh. Curious. What what do, <laughs> what does that remind me of? Yeah. So Santa Claus is a fucking were-goat. Sometimes he's an invisible spirit who helps bring in the new year by helping the light return. Okay. And it's like worth noting here that Finland has its own pagan traditions, um, several different ones. The different Finnish tribes have different uh, religions and pagan cultures that are separate from like the Germanic pagan traditions and also separate from the Slavic traditions. Closer to the Slavic ones, as far as I understand, but please don't quote me on that, or please don't yell at me, Finns. And if you do, um, just yell "Berkele vito satana" at me, and I'll be like, "Hehehe, I know what those words mean." And then if you yell any other words, I won't understand them. So, oh yeah, and then like Saint Nicholas, the whole thing with him is that, well, that's the Protestants' fault. I think we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> Basically, everyone has solstice holidays, usually filled with weird demons in the sky. How could you not? And now let's talk about medieval Christmas. Just kidding. Now let's end the episode, and you have to wait till Wednesday to hear about medieval Christmas. Whoa. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat till Wednesday. I know. We definitely don't record these back to back. We record these gonna be, live when they drop. I'm going to be peering, peering out of the night sky, hoping not to be taken away by <laughs> a, a, a scary ghost man. I was so... <laughs> I was so scared of uh, alien abduction as a kid. No, yeah. That it's, actually it's... tracks, magpie. <laughs> <laughs> now I live alone in the woods. But I still feel like you're afraid of alien abduction. <laughs> I don't know. I like, like sometimes my friends come over and then they're like, 
what was that noise? And I'm like, I don't know, something outside. And they're like, how does that not scare you? And I'm like, the outside makes a lot of noises. I'm in the forest. Yeah. No, but like that, that the, the whole wild hunt, hunt thing is very reminiscent of the type of like forest, like forest alien abductions that people talk about. And it just, it kind of, it, yeah. it, it does it connects, connects to the overall high strangest idea of, of, you know, of, of these types of, of being taken to these other places that we see yeah. throughout folklore, e- even stuff like um, Elijah being carried to heaven in like chariots of fire. Like it's, it's, it's the same, it's, it's the same idea. Wait, I don't know um, that. And Tell it, me that. that's just like. Well, just like um, you know, there's I'm a there's, bad Christian. If that's a Christian, there's just thing. multiple m- multiple stories of, uh, in the Bible of, uh-huh. of people being 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 taken up and then sometimes uh sometimes returned. Uh, Enoch being one, uh, which is you know resulting in stuff like the Emerald Tablet. We have we have uh Elijah being taken being being taken up um inside inside a chariot. Mm-hmm. But you know, so like that's like. An, an alien craft coming down, picking you up and taking you up into the sky. Yeah. Like that's, that is what that story is. Um, we oh, just have different, different versions of it lasting now. And then I love that like lights in the hills and the skies is like a persistent part of folklore and they're just like a part of people's like lived experiences of just like what's that fucking light over there is just like a thing that happens when you spend a lot of time away from cities. Cool. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about revelry on Wednesday. Gare, do you have anything Garrison, you'd like to plug? Garrison Davis, do you have anything that you would like to tell our listeners? Yeah, what are you plugging? What are you plugging? Well, I, I just wrapped or up a series that I that I I, I I just I just wrapped up a series that I wrote with uh, my colleague James Stout about uh, trans people living in a ranch in rural Colorado. And how they survived an attack by fascists. So that's that's on. It could happen here. It's a four part series. So that that just that just wrapped up. That's kind of the most recent thing that I have uh, that I've done. And I I, sh- I should have I, I should have a very interesting article coming out soon. But I do not know when that's gonna be fully fully published. But you can if you follow me on either Twitter or Instagram at hungrybowtie, you will. Certainly, certainly be uh, alerted when when this uh, bizarre, bizarre thing is finally is finally published. And if anyone would like to get to know Garrison well, uh, <laughs> please transform yourself into a series of concentric rings embedded with <laughs> eyes within eyes and uh, show up at their P.O. box. You know, sure. If 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 you go through all that work and all of that transmutation then I'm, I'm surely i'll probably talk to you because that is that does the, that does seem slightly impressive <laughs> margaret you uh, you have a, a book that is available for pre-order correct i do yeah um my goal is to always have a book available for pre-order yeah, yeah, the entire yeah. run of this show apparently uh my current <laughs> book available for pre-order is called escape from incel island it is a adventurous science fiction adventure novel novella um, it's very short. You can read it in one day if you're the kind of person who's like, I like the idea of being someone who reads books, but I have a hard time paying attention to something for a long time. I highly recommend Escape from Incel Island. And if you're an incel and you live on an island, I highly recommend Escape from Incel Island. But also you have to stop being an incel first. <laughs> That's, oh, you can buy it by going to tra- tangledwilderness.org and it is available for pre-order now. 
And Sophie, do you have anything you would like to plug? No, just at Coolzone Media on Instagram and Twitter. Yay! Oh yeah, we're because this is all part of Coolzone Media, which is cool. Bye everyone. Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.